Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Tuesday, May 25th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Protests followed the killing of George Floyd a year ago today. Illinois' Legislative Black Caucus also put together a series of reforms to create more equity in several areas. Those measures, including one on health care, have been signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker. Health care is a right, not a privilege. But for too long, too many Illinoisans have been denied that right. We'll examine changes to make health care more accessible in Illinois in just a few minutes. A St. Louis native with more than a decade of experience on the bench will serve as Missouri's next Supreme Court judge. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on Robin Ransom's historic selection as the first black woman to hold the post. Governor Mike Parson selected Ransom, an appeals court judge, to succeed Laura Denver Stith as a Supreme Court judge. During a press conference, Ransom talked about how she grew up in North St. Louis and eventually became a lawyer, a judge, and now a member of the state's highest court. You know, I was raised that I can't cure all of the social ills and injustices that are out there, and this appointment won't do that. Um, But what this appointment does show is that this governor has the courage to make such an appointment. Parson will get to make at least two more appointments to the Missouri Supreme Court before his term is up in 2024. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Missourians with a felony could soon have access to more types of work. Currently, people with felony convictions cannot sell alcohol or lottery tickets, limiting work for thousands. State Representative Cherie Tolleson Reich helped pass legislation this month that would reverse that law, The Republican, who represents parts of mid-Missouri, says existing laws hinder job options for people with felony convictions. We need these people to get jobs, help support themselves and their families, and not recidivate. And they want to work. She made those comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. The legislation is awaiting Governor Mike Parson's signature. Medical marijuana dispensaries are starting to open in more rural parts of Missouri. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the first location in the Rolla area, which opened yesterday. Trinity, Missouri is planning its grand opening on Friday, but medical marijuana cardholders, including some who traveled more than 50 miles, were there for its soft opening. Manager Adam Stacy says it's easier to open a dispensary in a smaller town because national companies are looking to compete in metro areas like St. Louis. We're at an advantage because we are sticking to what we know, you know, the, the smaller communities, the, the Ozarks, and not just the, the big traffic count crossroads. Trinity, Missouri has also been granted licenses for dispensaries in Salem and St. James, and they hope to open those locations this summer. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Scientists in Missouri and Illinois say tick-borne diseases, including Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever and Lyme disease, are on the rise. They say climate change is leading to warmer, longer summers, giving ticks more time to attach themselves to humans and animals. University of Missouri epidemiologist Ram Raghavan recently completed a three-year field study on the diversity and prevalence of ticks near Joplin. The seasons are extending on both sides, so you can expect to see ticks uh, active uh, all the way through uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, on, on, on one side. 
and ticks are becoming active much sooner. Raghavan says the lone star tick was the most common species found during the study. It transmits some diseases. In the wake of the George Floyd killing one year ago today and the following protests, the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus drafted a series of reforms centered on creating more equity in criminal justice, education, economic development, and health care. Governor J.B. Pritzker signed those measures into law. Maureen McKinney delves into the health care reform package. Felina Adkinson confronted an overnight nurse who was sleeping while her daughter was under the nurse's care. Adkinson's daughter Helen suffered from lupus, an autoimmune disease. The nurse yelled at Adkinson, who was black. Adkinson later learned the nurse had made it known she had problems with people of color. And my thing is, why would you even give her a patient of color knowing that She does not care for black people, but I just made sure she stayed away as much as I could, stayed away from Helen. Atkinson's daughter, Helen Heath, died in March at age 35. Atkinson's perception that black patients are more likely to have inferior care as compared to their white counterparts is borne out by studies. To address the inequity in health care, a new Illinois law calls for implicit bias training for medical professionals. Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the bill into law last month. Health care is a right, not a privilege. But for too long, too many Illinoisans have been denied that right, whether through health care deserts, inexcusable delays in Medicaid applications, through lack of access, through high premiums, through doctors untrained to recognize symptoms on black skin. While crafting the legislation, sponsors turned to experts in areas including medicine, sociology, African-American studies, social work, and urban planning. Dr. Ruby Mendenhall, a professor at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, has spent her career working at the cross-section of those areas and advised lawmakers while they put together their proposal. She told lawmakers about a study that showed many first- and second-year medical students believed that black skin was somehow thicker than white skin, and blacks' nerve endings less susceptible to feeling pain than whites. Over a two-decade period, black patients were 22% less likely to receive pain medication. Meanwhile, black women are six times more likely to die from pregnancy-related issues, more than 70% of which were preventable. When you do have health care and you go into the doctor's office or the hospital, what type of treatment you receive can literally have life and death consequences. The Black Caucus's massive health care reform prompts a statewide anti-racism commission and halts the closure of safety net hospitals for the duration of the COVID-19 pandemic. The law also makes state investments to combat rates of infant and maternal morbidity, offers legal protections for those seeking treatment for opioid addiction, and caps costs for diabetes testing equipment. Longtime Senator Maddie Hunter, a Democrat from Chicago, has been working piecemeal for decades to stem discrimination against black patients. It's just so interesting to, to find that African Americans have been hit hard with the highest rates of diabetes kidney disease, cardiovascular diseases, asthma, and I can just go on and on and on and on. Hunter says the legislation, which Republicans have said could cost as much as $12 billion, will save countless lives.
Rockford Republican Dave Severson is spokesman of the state Senate committee that looks at health care. He says much of the multi-billion dollar law is unaffordable for the cash-strapped state and is unlikely to pass the appropriation process. The idea of we're having bad health outcomes currently, uh, starting new programs without uh, eliminating old programs or determining which programs are working and not working doesn't seem to make sense. Hunter says reviews of that kind will occur. Meanwhile, Mendenhall, the U of I professor, is enthusiastic about parts of the legislation that would create workforce development for African Americans and train a corps of 100,000 community health workers who can act as liaisons between providers and minority people in need of medical treatment. They already have um, some of the cultural wealth and the resources, and in many ways, it's their gift and passion to do that. So I see as the two types of knowledge kind of coming together to create something that could really be a collective force for healing in the community. I'm Maureen McKinney. Maureen is a reporter for public media outlets in Illinois. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.